Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Crosstalk Podcast. We're back with a brand new episode for this week. And as always, I'm your host, Noah Stites, and my co-host is with us again. Uh, hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm uh, I- I'm Austin from the, from the Game Base. Uh, h- how you doing today, Noah? I'm I'm doing all right. Uh, better than I felt all week. I've been kind of sick this week, so I've been kind of I don't really know how to describe it. I, I I've been tired. And I just feel like I've been in a fog, but today is probably the best I've felt all week. Dang! So, so it's just been like a like a cold, like not like a like a big diagnosed sickness. Yeah, uh, one of my professors had a cold of some kind or something, and I think he I think he passed it on to me. So thanks for the homework and the cold. My <laughs> Jeez, that's not <laughs> typical of a college professor. You know, a lot of the times, if like they wake up on the wrong side of the bed, they'll cancel class, and it's always the best feeling. Well, he did cancel class the first the first day of the week, but then he came in the ne- like the next class period, and he was still sick. I'm like, come on, man! Yeah, do this does. <laughs> See, I, I, college professors get a bad rap. High school teachers are always like, "Your college professor will never allow this." But from from my experience, most of them are decently chill, and I mean, they don't. I'm, a lot of them, you, you know, you have those teachers that like flip a coin as to whether or not you're having class that week because like <laughs> yeah. they just do not care about having class and like a lot of people get mad when they show up to the uh because at EKU it was like a 10 minute walk to the science building for me and I'd mm-hmm. get there sometimes and I wouldn't have checked my email and like there'd be some students outside the door and they'd be like class is canceled I walked all the way here and I'd be like I'll I'll freaking take it like okay yeah, I'm no going class. back what to my dorm about me? <laughs> <laughs> like I I guess they were mad that they had to like walk all the way over there but like you can just just walk back That's I mean not it was big a deal okay. my okay. greatest walk back from the science building ever was during the Nintendo Direct where Luigi's Mansion Three got revealed I I had just finished my chemistry final and. I knew that the direct started. I think it was at six that day, and I w- I was walking back, and uh, on the way back, I was on the walk. I had just left the building. I opened my phone and with the four G, and I turned on the direct to see what was happening. And I had my roommate James waiting in me, waiting in the room for me to watch it. And as soon as I opened it, the logo for Luigi's Mansion Three popped up. I missed the whole trailer, but I was like. <gasps> Like, I was just so absolutely shocked. And, like, it took everything in this huge crowd of people to contain my excitement. But that was that was such a freaking good memory. And luckily, I hadn't seen the gameplay yet. So I, I, I was just completely hyped. Yeah, you had something to look forward to when you got back. Yeah, yeah. I got I back in. Oh, go ahead. I had a professor last semester, and he canceled class, like, seven times, I think. God. One, one of the times... It was like three class periods in a row. We had like a snow and he was getting in his truck to come to class and he fell and like fucked his back up. So he's like, yep, class is canceled. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> my, my teachers would do it for like, like, we'd be in class and they're like, hey, uh, you know, we're only going to stay about 30 minutes today. Get off about an hour and a half early. Uh, my kid has a dance recital. I'm just going to go to it. Like, I'm sure you guys don't care. And we're like, yeah, I mean, go ahead. And it was just like, and it was just such a good feeling. I, I, I love that. That's like one of my favorite things about college. <laughs> yeah. And, we, 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 I, we're going to get into some college stories, tips, advice in another podcast, but not not today. That's not on the plans for today. Me and Noah yeah. always carefully plan out 
seconds before we go live what we're going to, what we're going to talk about we get a general idea and uh it is my understanding that you are the first person in the world to play the Damon X Machina demo that's true I played it I played it like 30 minutes ago right before we because I was like did Austin play it I don't think he did but what if he does and he surprises me I don't want to look like a fool so I went ahead and played a little bit of it I did not play it I didn't it didn't cross my mind honestly I, I so mean I forgot about it I'm not the one looking like a fool in this podcast so because I want to went went ahead and played it it uh Oh, there's not too much going on in it, man. It's pretty, it's pretty boring. <laughs> I don't know if that's because of the demo or, you know, it's kind of hard to judge. Well, but from what I played in the demo, it's kind of boring. The reviews for the game came out and they are not good. I'll go ahead and tell you that. I was looking at some of them. I, I was never going to buy this game. It wasn't happening. But I, I watched the Game Explain review because I like their reviews and they, I like the, they go pretty in depth. And they gave it a, uh, a mixed which is a score I've never seen them give. I, I've seen meh, I've seen liked it a lot, loved it, uh, freaking, and I've seen a couple more, but mixed, I've never seen it before, so they had to make like a new rank for how <laughs> mixed they were on it. I uh, Yeah, so it's like the, the demo and the mission I played in the demo, you got this like big open area, and you have enemies that you can shoot. They're like tanks, and these other robots that fly around and there were there's like a huge area you can fly around but there were like six whole enemies in the whole thing you had to go hunt them down and shoot them it's pretty bland i like i don't know i could play something else that's that does that mechanic way better yeah how, how does it control oh i didn't i hated the controls so like you you fly around but you have to constantly tap the b button to keep up in the air because as you soar you like uh. slowly fall down yeah just, and the graphics were really bland like people make fun of call of duty for being brown but this <laughs> this game was nothing but a desert area where was the the mission place and it was just dead flat red brown with some buildings that were gray so not very colorful the graphics are like a cell shaded thing they don't look that great though i don't know yeah, yeah, from that, that that that's what I'm getting from it. Like all the trailers have just been, and they're trying so hard. And I, I get that the developers tried hard, and it, it makes me feel a little bit bad as to how little people care about this. And I'm obviously speaking as someone who hasn't played the demo. I, I kind of want to, but also I don't want to because I've heard nothing but bad things. But like you know, they took fan feedback and then they they really listened to it and they changed a lot of stuff that people didn't like about the original demo, but I just don't think it was enough. I don't think this kind of mech game is something that people are going to want to play. And I think I, it's, yeah, that's a pretty niche genre. Like, yeah. I don't know that many people that... T I've never heard anybody actually talk about those. The only game I've ever heard of that anybody talked about that was in that genre was like the custom Robo series, but that was a long time ago on the GameCube, so... And Xenoblade Chronicles X had a um, mech aspect to it. It, it. I wouldn't call it a mech game, but there were certainly... A mechs were a huge part of the game and the combat, combat and the exploration to the point where if you called it a mech game, it wouldn't be an inaccurate statement. Uh, but obviously, Xenoblade Chronicles X, even though it is my least favorite in the Xenoblade series, um, I appreciate what it is. And I, it does exploration and world building and stuff like that way better than the other games. But the other games have um, 
way better stories and that's kind of what i'm there for but the mechs made exploring that world so fun and it, like just seeing it from that high of an angle they did mechs well but i think it was largely because the game wasn't solely based around them it was just a cool mechanic in the game it wasn't the game yeah that's why i would say that if you did call it a mech game that'd be false because like a mech game is more about there's not really like a story in a mech game it's kind of about the action and shooting stuff it's almost like a beat em up but with 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 giant robots almost yeah and so, I, I don't care for that kind of game to be honest yeah, it's kind of boring <laughs> i don't know my, my kind of game is like an atmospheric game i want to get lost in your world when it's like uh, you know blow stuff up it's like it's hard for me to get into it the only game that i've ever played that's done that successfully is doom 2016 such oh, a yeah. <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal game. I mean, the entire premise of that game is just beat up demons, and they do it beautifully. Just the execution. But it's just such an alive world, and just the executions that you're able to do on the demons look so amazing. And the the weapon variety and the ways that you have to kill them keeps you on your toes. I love that game. I'm very excited for um, Doom Eternal. The progression, the progression system in it's really good, too. That's what makes you keep wanting to play. I don't know. It's the... And they have, like, all these cool, like, hidden stuff that you can find, so it also promotes exploration, too. So I think that really goes well with that kind of game, which is something that's kind of missing from those the mech games. Yeah, and Doom was such a surprise for me because my brother had bought it, actually, for the Xbox. This is back when I was an Xbox player, not a PS4 player. And uh, I've actually ran into a problem with that, though. I'll get into that uh, here in a second, but... uh, I saw the Game Grumps play it, actually, and uh, I watched most of what the Game Grumps uh, do. So I watched their playthrough, and I was like, God, I was like, this looks really freaking good. And I, like, they were like three episodes in, and like I was like, I'm, I'm going to try this thing out. And I <laughs> went up and got Doom from my brother's collection and played it, and I just like played through. Not, I, I didn't quite beat it. I played through 90% of it, though. I was on, like, the last area, and it was uh, phenomenal. I loved it. I wish I could have finished it, but I don't know where my Xbox is at the at the current moment. You don't know where your Xbox is? No, and, and here's a thing that I've ran into, all right? So NBA 2K20 came out, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I imagine that you're not very into NBA 2K. Yeah, I'm not a sports guy, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so NBA... 2K, um, that used to be my most played game. I, I would say during the year of NBA 2K17, NBA 2K17 was my most played game of that year. We had so much fun on it just with our friends playing Pro-Am, and I, I loved it. But since uh, I took a year off of 2K, I didn't buy 2K19. I did buy 18, but I didn't buy 19. I was just burnt out on the series. I had been playing it for so long, and... The, the the last game had some problems that that they have fixed since then. But um, my friends who I used to play 2K with all play on Xbox, and but I'm a pure PS4 player now to the point. Like I said, I legitimately don't know where my Xbox is now. Like I have no clue where it is. It's in storage somewhere, and like I want to buy 2K20, but I feel like if I buy it for PS4. I'll be dead to my friends, and also, I won't get to play with the people who I used to play with, but also, I don't want to hook up the Xbox, find a controller, dust the dust off of it, but I also really want to play the game, and I I honestly think that 
it would be worth it to just get it for PS4 and just play it. I know I have I have a lot of friends on PS4 too, not my 2K friends, but certainly I could play it with Ethan and people. I, I'm just heavily debating as to which console to buy it on. G- give me your guidance, Noah. What should I do? I say PS4. Oh snap! Just right off the bat, why do you say that? Well, I don't know. I just, well, actually, I think that. Th- for the the game developers out there who are making the game, why don't you make it cross platform so everybody can play it with exactly they want to? But uh, I don't know. I just I have a bias, so I just like the PlayStation Four better. Honestly, though, it comes down to what you want. But if you want to play it with your friends, I mean, I guess you should probably get it for the Xbox. Here's the thing, though: I would have to buy a sixty dollar two K game and a sixty dollar Xbox Live membership. Because oh, I freaking, I have PlayStation now, so I wouldn't have to buy a membership. Not only would I have to buy the game, I would have to buy the membership too, which doesn't make it worth it. And I would have to hook up an Xbox, which I don't have room for on for my desk. And I've I've been telling my friends like, like if if they had crossplay, I would have bought the game already. I would have bought it yesterday. And because I actually met up to eat with one of them at a, at a restaurant, and he was like, "Man, get it!" And I was like, "I, I can't." I'm like, was, "They don't have it." Did you meet up with them in the Kentucky and uh, boop, you know? You know what I'm yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I met I met up with them at my home address. <laughs> they 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 came over to uh to I don't know. I, I was gonna say it, but I'll do you that favor and not say it, so you don't have to believe it. So oh, you I'm won't gonna, have I'm to sift anyway. through. So you won't have to sift through this podcast. But <laughs> I think I've determined. And here's the thing. And the people at the wedding. Uh, so I went to a. We- I was in a wedding um, this past week since our last podcast. And the uh, the groom, as gratitude for the groomsmen, he he all he gave us a little small gift. And he was Ooh. like, "Here's a twenty five dollar PS four card." For gratitude oh, yeah. for being in my wedding, and so I'm, I was just thinking, like, this is NBA 2K VC right here. I can buy <laughs> me some nice VC, I, and that's twenty five dollars towards the game, and uh, so that really helped. I, I, and because he gave me that, I gave him a little extra moolah for his buck too. I was gonna give him a certain amount, but I upped it about twenty dollars just to, because I felt wrong. Like, You're not giving me gifts. This is your wedding. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I, I appreciated it though. I yeah, appreciated nice. it. I'm definitely going to put it to good use for sure. I did make that $5 profit because it was a $25 card and I upped my money for uh, $20. So that $5 profit, cha-ching, am I right? <laughs> so, okay, if you don't buy NBA, I don't know which one, which one is it, 2K20, right? Yeah. What are you, you going to buy with it then if you, don't, if you don't buy that one? What are you going to use it on? Um, that's the thing. I, I probably, uh, I would just wait until the next game comes out that I, uh, want for PS4 and I would put it towards that. So probably nothing for the time being. I don't even know what PS4 games are coming out lately. There is one game coming out, but it's not for PS4. I'm super excited for what is it next week. It comes out next Friday is, uh, Link's Awakening. Oh yeah. That'll be an interesting podcast. I, I want to go, <laughs> I want to go pre-order the game the day before it comes out. I don't usually like to pre-order games, but it comes with a little poster. So when they do that, I go in the day before and pre-order it to get the poster. Dang. <laughs> I, I uh, could use that poster for my the game-based background. My, 
God, my walls are so bad in my bedroom, and that's where I record the game base, and we're, we're thinking about painting them right now, and I'm wanting yeah. to paint them like a nice light blue for a good Ooh, background, but I like, like my my background, like I'm, my, my, my dad always says my walls are poop brown, like that's a great freaking way to describe the walls in my room, and they're legit like, because this room is like, it's a hand-me-down room. So my brother had this room before me. My parents had it before me. So it's like this room has been through it. And like the walls, you can just see the age on them. And it looks kind of but it looks kind of just bad. And I've always been a huge advocate for painting the walls. But no one ever will help me. And it's such a task because you got to get all the furniture out of there. And, yeah, and freaking, painting is such a pain in the ass. But I'm going back to university next semester. And I told him, I'm like, when I go... um. And while I'm gone, because I'll be gone on the weekdays and some of the weekends, we'll paint them on a weekend, and then I'll go and spend the week at university, and by the time I get back, the walls will be dry. And then you can put all the stuff back in. Yeah. Yeah. And and, because the biggest thing is, like, the the biggest thing keeping us from painting it is, like, where am I going to go? Am I just going to stay in somebody else's room or go to a friend's house? Or it's just, like, it's just super inconvenient just for, for anybody, for me especially. Uh I do want to get them painted really bad. Uh, the, the walls in this room I'm in right now are a nice light blue. I, I would like them to be uh, about the shade uh, of this room, but obviously people can't see that, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> Is it like an eggshell blue? or? Uh, Kind of, yeah. I would say so. Okay. I love blue as a... It's not my favorite color, but when it comes to like things around me or objects, it's one of my favorite colors. Uh-huh. What, what is your sense? favorite color? My favorite color is either red or black. Depends on what it is. Like, my car's red. I love red cars. I got to think about that. Uh-huh. Freaking. And then I, I usually wear black t-shirts and stuff like that. So. Huh. Yeah, I saw a post on something the other day that was like, uh, maroon is just navy black. And it was like, why does this <laughs> navy red? Why does this yeah. make so much? It was like, why does this make so much sense? And it's it, re- <laughs> it really did. It, it, it was, it, it was crazy. I'll tell you though, the favorite color question that gets me a lot. And I don't know if I brought this up, but um, I am. Uh, people always think that I'm being like cold with them when they're like, "What's your favorite color?" And I'm like, "Oh, I, I don't really, I don't really have a favorite color. It just kind of depends." Um, and then they'll ask me, like, oh, what kind of music do you like? And I'll be like, uh, uh, I, you know, I don't really listen to any kind of specific music. I'm not really a huge music guy, personally. Uh, and people will always take that as I'm being really cold with them. And, um, and it's, it's almost to the point where, um, you know, I just want to be like, oh, it's blue. Just so they're like, oh, that's great. Just I so love you blue. Alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just so, like, it, because, like, when you're talking to somebody – like a new person will say, uh, they, you know, you're trying to keep the conversation engaging. You're trying to, uh, get to know each other. And there are certain signs, I guess, that, uh, the other person might not necessarily be interested. And a lot of those signs are giving very blank, vague, cold, answers. vague a- answers. Yeah. And, uh, and so even with my attempt of being like, uh, you know, ah, you know, I'm not a huge music guy. I more so listen to podcasts, but in terms of the songs I do like, it's this, this, and this. They're kind of different varieties, but I just kind of listen to whatever. You know, really, yeah, in, really in-depth answer, but like, they'll be like, they'll, so people will come up to me after and be like, man, you just, sounds like you just weren't interested. And I'm like, what made you think that? <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I understand on the, the music thing. I'm kind of like that, too. I, I do listen to a lot of music, but I don't listen to, like, a certain artist or a certain genre. I just like good songs. I'm not a – I don't stick to one thing. If it's a good song, I like it. Yeah, I, I'll tell you. I've never in my life followed an artist. I've never yeah. anticipated an album in my life. I've never yeah. been like, Kanye's new album's coming out in a week. I can't wait. You know, I've never, I, I never know. Like a lot of people are just like, Kanye's album just dropped. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess people were anticipating that. Um, I, I never seek out music. So that's kind of, I guess, why most of my music is uh, pretty typical songs that we'll play. Yeah. I'll tell you though, Ethan... Uh, has really helped my music horizons. He's really helped uh, expand my knowledge on music. He actually, um, like th- four years ago, I think it was a long time ago. He went to um, he 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 made a playlist for me of yeah. all of his favorite songs, and it had like two hundred songs in it. Holy and he had shit. like he had like four different playlists, like. One of them was like start songs that he would rate five stars. One was songs that he would rate four stars, and then he just it just kept going, and I appreciated it. I found some good songs on that. And what kind of stuff's his favorite? Usually, he like loves music. old music, eighties music, music, just oh, like dude, I can get behind that. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is a huge Guardians of the Galaxy. Basically, that yeah. soundtrack is Ethan's favorite songs compiled into a soundtrack. Dude, that movie really was made that, for him. Yes. He <laughs> loves that crap and. I mean, that's what I'll always just hand Ethan the aux cord if we're ever in a car together because I don't really have music on my phone. I have a, a couple of songs, but I mean, he has a really diverse playlist and he actually recently got Spotify. He got the Hulu Spotify deal, which oh, uh, yes. I was like, dude, I'm considering it. I'm not going to lie. That's a good deal. Yeah. And he, I mean, he, he's hyping it up. Like he'll be listening to Spotify and he'll be like, man, you, you got to get this Hulu Spotify deal. This is awesome. And I'm just like, yeah, man. But like, he, he's really, he, <laughs> he's really letting me know how great it is. But I, I mean, I might get it. Netflix. I'm, I'm not really, I'm finishing Parks and Rec right now. And, oh yeah. And, uh, but after that, I don't know what I'm going to watch. Yeah, I watched uh, Parks and Rec with Maddie. We, we're like all over the place with it. I don't even know where we're at right now because she's, she's watched it before all the way through, and I haven't seen it. But I've seen The Office, and she hasn't seen all of The Office, so we kind of switch back and forth on which one we watch. Dane, what do you think of Parks and Rec? It's pretty good. I like The Office a little bit more, but that's probably because it's the first one I watched. Yeah, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I didn't it is pretty think- good, yeah. That I was gonna love it. I, I've always meant to watch it, and over the years, because The Office is my. Uh, and here's another list we can do. Put it on the list. Top five TV shows. Ooh. That's a good one. Uh, the Office is like my third favorite TV show of all time. Um, and freaking. Uh, so I've always been like, man, I gotta watch Parks and Rec. I mean, it's a, a spiritual successor to The Office, but I've never gotten around to it. But then I had um, surgery on my nose in December of last oh, year. Yeah. And I was bedridden for about a week. It was a grueling recovery. I was just bleeding yeah, constantly. Rough. And um, I had a TV kind of propped up to where like I could see it from like my laying neck view. And okay. I was just scrolling through Netflix. And I was like, you know what? F it. I'm like, let, let, let's watch the first episode of Parks and Rec. I'm like, I need, I mean, I've just been laying in here for four days at this point. Let's, uh, let's just put it on, see if I like it. And I watched the first episode and I was like, okay. Not bad. But then I, I left it at that. I didn't watch another episode until I was fully recovered. And then I was sitting there after being fully recovered, just really bored one day. And I was like, 
I'll check out the second one. And, you know, just like, I'll just watch it real quick. And then I watched it and I was like, dang, that's not bad. Then a couple the days later, you know, yeah, like watched two more. By. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then I just got really into it by the end of season one. I mean, yeah, I, I love it. It's like a slow buildup. And then when you get into it, you're like, damn, this is good. Oh, yeah. I, I will say Parks and Rec starts off much stronger than The Office does. Oh, really? That's a bold statement. I don't, I don't know about that one. I do not uh, like the first season of The Office that much. What? It is, it is. They had not found their footing yet. I'll say that much. Steve Carell, even, he looks weird in that one. Like his he hair. Does look weird, he looks man. like he's balding in that one. But then season two, she's bam, full head of hair. I don't know. He must have had the LeBron James surgery or something <laughs> like that. But uh, Parks and Rec, definitely. Season one of Parks and Rec is better than season one of The Office, in my opinion. Uh, is, there but, anything, oh, is there anything you're watching right now? I just finished Game of Thrones. I just oh, yeah, finished it. And <laughs> didn't like that. That yeah. that ending was uh, something else. <laughs> I, I don't want to get into it because I don't think you've seen it yet, right? No, I, no, I probably never watch it. It but. is worth the watch. I'm not going to spoil it because one day you're going to pull up Parks and Rec and just watch the first episode and you're going to get into it. One of the best shows I've ever seen. Game of Thrones would 100% be on the upper end of that top five even with the crap ending. I- I'll That's tell you, though. Pretty bold. The ending was bad. It was I bad. I know that. It was bad. There's all kinds of editing mistakes and stuff, too. Like yeah. The, I remember the Starbucks cup and the water bottles and stuff. I don't know how you missed that. Like, that's kind of important for continuity. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, it was really bad. Um, but here's the thing. The ending itself wasn't bad. I had a guy made a, make, make a really good point to me the other day. Um, the ending itself wasn't bad, but the way they went about it, because if you, if you don't know, the ending of Game of Thrones is super rushed. The final season is six episodes. Yeah. Those six episodes should have been two seasons at the least. They could have made three seasons out of them, but they stuffed it all into two, six episodes now, I want to I know why they did that, though. Like, what was the reasoning behind it? Did they have some kind of, like, budgeting issues well, or something, maybe? Well, D&D, uh, Dave and Dan, the writers of Game of Thrones, were offered a Star Wars trilogy. Oh. Um, and they're making, I, I believe they're, they're getting the trilogy that Ryan Johnson was going to get. Don't oh, quote me on that. God. But, I mean, um, it might not, be, from might not be the greatest thing in the world, huh, after yeah. the way they finished that. But, um, so I think they just wanted to dip out of Game of Thrones. And also they were having to pay the actors so much because they had yeah. so many great actors in the show. And they were all A-listers. I mean, freaking uh, Kit Harrington, Amelia Clark, Macy Williams, Sophie Turner, uh, freaking, there's so many more too that I, I, off the top of my head. Those guys had to be getting paid so much. I mean, Peter Dinklage, we didn't even mention the biggest guy. Oh, yeah. Freaking. Was, it, that a, was that a joke, Austin? It wasn't a joke. The uh, biggest he, guy? No? Uh, okay. Really? Oh, okay. I, I'm not going there. I'm not going. <laughs> Peter Dinklage is a phenomenal actor, and Tyrion Lannister is one of the best characters in that show. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. I'm sorry. Tyrion would no, not I'm be not, happy fine. with you. Tyrion would be upset. He does not okay. like that. Um, but freaking it. Uh, so the ending itself, I'm okay with that ending, but it comes out of nowhere. Game of Thrones has always been so good about building up their freaking uh, storylines just perfectly. And everything has such a payoff and everything feels earned. But the ending to this is as shocked as I've been from a TV show 
since Dexter drove into the hurricane at the end of Dexter. It oh, was I haven't seen that. Insane. It was insane. Like it was just like what? And I, I wish I could go into detail on it, but anyone who hasn't seen Game, Game of Thrones, I was like you once, and I was <laughs> like, I was like, you know, fantasy isn't really for me. I don't really like medieval stuff. It doesn't matter. I don't like that stuff. The first four seasons of Game of Thrones are the best four seasons of TV I've ever seen. They are phenomenal. It is worth it, even as the show gets bad. Five and six, the writing decreases a little bit, but it's still one of the best shows ever. Seven and eight, it gets kind of crazy, but yeah. it's worth it because it's bananas. It's not like it gets slow. Game of Thrones never gets slow. It is one of the few shows that I have never, I can say, does not have any filler. And the thing about it is, I would almost rather have Game of Thrones in on. Those six episodes were bananas. That should have been two seasons. Then that then those two seasons should have been six episodes. Six yeah. episodes worth of stuff happened. It was like, no, 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 no. Two seasons worth of stuff happened in six episodes. Insane. It was it didn't feel deserved. The ending was insane. They destroyed one of the best characters on the show. And it it, it was just sad. But the ending itself isn't that bad. I hope they do a full metal alchemist remake of uh Game of Thrones one day. You know what happened with Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? I don't. I'm not. I'm not that big into anime. I've just recently started watching a few. But watch like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's phenomenal. I've thought about it before. It looks interesting. It would be in the top five. Um, we got to do top five TV shows. We got to do that next podcast. Yeah. Right, stamping it. Good. I, stamping I, it I down. Um. But uh. So Full Metal Alchemist, and this is the same thing that happened with Game of Thrones. So if you don't know Game of Thrones, they um. George R. R. Martin, obviously, is the writer of the books, been doing it since I think '99. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, the show passed the books. And so then the writers had to make their own plot. And it just so happens that as soon as the show passed the books, is when the writing started going downhill. Um, <laughs> and they screwed up the ending. But George R. R. Martin. Is a, he has two books left to go, and he's about to finish the books. So one day, these books are going to be complete. And it just so happens with the original anime of Fullmetal Alchemist, the anime passed the manga, and then the writers had to make an ending, and the ending to Fullmetal Alchemist, the original, is horrible. Worse than the Game of Thrones ending, in my opinion. Ooh. But they finished the manga, the writers, the, the real writers, finished it with a phenomenal ending. And they said... Let's just remake it. They're like, that ending was so bad, and they ended it so well. Let's just remake it and go straight up by the manga. And they did it, and it's the best anime of all time. So (laughs) Game of Thrones should, when the books finish, just say, let's do it again. Do it again. Recast the whole cast. Do it again. Follow the books because George R.R. Martin is a genius writer. I, I know they couldn't have waited on him, but, like, God, they screwed it up. And those first four seasons were so good. May if uh, if I were Netflix, I'd be I'd be looking into that. That'd be a good good decision to make. I think getting Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's never gonna happen because oh, HBO has their own streaming service. I, I know, but I don't how how long do they have the rights for it though? That's the thing. Yeah, I I'm a uh, I actually just I subscribe to HBO now for three months while I watch Game of Thrones. There's it, a show I want to watch, but I don't know if it's worth me getting a whole subscription because it's just the one show. What is it? Uh, I like to watch Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of it. That's pretty good. 
but yeah, pretty lefty shit though. So I don't know how many people other than me would watch it like in the comments. I don't know what the demographic of the people that listen to this are. Yeah. We don't really get political on the podcast because I don't want to. <laughs> we'll, we'll just become a political podcast, but oh, please don't I, do that. I, I, uh, I, I think that, uh, it's, if you ever do watch game of Thrones, um, and I was lucky to have get gotten it while I had a stable, while I had an income coming in while I was working at Walmart. Um, So that $14 a month was like, you know, a couple hours of work every month. Like it wasn't really a big deal. And and I would just recommend get HBO now, watch it that way on a phenomenal quality. And then you could put subtitles on and you just in case you can't really understand some of the characters at first. And it's, it's phenomenal. I couldn't recommend it enough. Even with that ending, they're going to make game of Thrones brotherhood one day and it'll be the best show of all time. I truly (laughs) believe that. I truly believe that. Let's hope so. I might go back and watch it then if that happens. Well, just watch brotherhood. That's the thing. Full metal alchemist, the original it's, it's useless now. You should never watch it. Just watch full metal alchemist brotherhood. I've never watched full metal alchemist, the original fully through i've just watched some of these significant moments and clips from it uh it's just not worth it the brotherhood's better in every way it just really is all right i'll remember that i just recently i'm kind of butthurt because i just finished one of my tv shows which one i really like it's uh ash versus the evil dead it's a showtime show but it's also on netflix Uh uh-huh it got canceled, so the season three that was ended on a cliffhanger—that's the ending. So, oh, that, that hurts. Upsetting. So it's like, a, have you ever heard of the Evil Dead series? I've heard of it, but I've never gotten yeah. into it. So it's like a horror film series from like the '80s, and they had they made three movies in the '80s, and then it kind of went. They're done, and then like 2016, they came up with a TV show that continues where the movies are called ash versus the evil dead uh-huh. it's like they're like zombies that are like possessed by demons is pretty interesting show it's it's not your typical horror movie either because it's a it's horror mixed with comedy with like slapstick comedy so it's it's really gory but it's gory in like a funny way if that makes sense yeah yeah i, I feel yeah. that so like if you've ever seen like a quentin tarantino movie it's kind of like that where uh- the violence is so over the top that it's funny yeah, I don't know if I've I've probably seen a Tarantino movie at some point, but I've never um, actively been watching it and known like, oh, I'm watching a Tarantino movie right now. You know? Well, this one's one of his most popular ones. Have you seen Pulp Fiction? I, I haven't. Oh, dude, that movie's awesome. You should watch that one. Yeah, I I, I definitely need to delve into more movies. I, I'm more of like a I watch the big stuff, you know. Like Star yeah. Wars, the MCU, just all of the huge, insane movies. And I'm actually super excited for Joker coming out. Dude, that looks amazing. I am super excited for it. All the reviews said it's good. I mean, the it reviews are incredible for it right now. Phoenix, he's a great actor. He looks great as the Joker. He's real creepy. I like it. I love it. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, um, Heath Ledger, such an iconic role. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the greatest performances ever in anything, in my opinion, in Batman: The Dark Knight. Um, but and it's so hard to top that. And they, you know, every time they've tried it, everyone's just been like, "No." But I'll tell you, Joaquin Phoenix. There's just something about him 
that's right about this. And he's yeah. putting his own spin on the character. It's not Heath Ledger's Joker, Joker, and it's not trying to be Heath Ledger's Joker because you can't be Heath Ledger's jo- Joker. So yeah, I think that's the mistake that the other actors have made is they've tried to replicate it, and that just doesn't cut it. Yeah, I've never been excited for a DC movie before, um, in the DCU at least. Um, so the fact that I'm super excited for this one, I mean, it, it says something they're doing is right. I think DC should just cut the DCU stuff because they've always done better with the standalone stuff. Yeah, 100%. The Dark Knight yeah. trilogy is one of the best superhero, the best superhero hero tri- trilogy of all time. That's right. Sp- the the Spider Man movies were pretty good. Not the not the Garfield. <laughs> horrible, the, horrible. I'm talking about Tom Holland ones. They were really good, and I'm so upset that Sony and Disney had to just fuck it up. Yeah, and that also ended on a cliffhanger. But fortunately, I think we'll get a little bit of resolution to that cliffhanger in the Sony Spider Man films. I'm I'm, I'm sure they're not just going to ignore that. Um, no, I don't think they will. I'm hoping. That we get like a live action into the Spider-Verse where we get Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire plays older Spider-Man, and we got Andrew Garfield in there somewhere too. Dude, I brought that up to Ethan the other day, and he yeah. was on it for like an hour. Like he couldn't get over it. He was like, dude, how amazing. And then he was looking dude, up articles. like Epic that would be. He was like, look, this article says it might happen. And I was like, I know. And I was like, that's what I'm saying. It's insane. And like, I mean, it's such a good idea. Money, dude, you would get, do you know how many people would go and see that? Like, yeah, you know, it's a good idea when we're asking for Andrew Garfield to make a return as (laughs) Spider-Man. Like we, we want it. Would he do it though? That was such an embarrassment for him as such a phenomenal actor too. Just horrible Spider-Man. Danny Glover or Danny, that's the old man, Donald Glover, excuse me. Donald Glover to come back or not come back, but star as Miles Morales. That would be epic. Yeah. The the thing is, Donald Glover was in Homecoming, Homecoming so it I is know. a, uh, it would be kind of weird in that sense. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't think Donald Glover would, it's right for Miles Morales. Well, he's, he's also old. I just thought yeah. that wouldn't be good. Who, who would be a good, mm. who would be a good Miles Morales? That is a, I mean, that's a good question. I, I'm trying to think of a young actor who would fit the role, but yeah, and I, I'm kind of blanking. I saw something just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal idea for Miles the other day, but I've uh, I lost it. Uh, ah. so I, I don't know who it was, but that's okay. Oh, wow. But anyway, in this podcast, we actually planned on doing our top five video games of all time list. We have about 20 minutes left. What do you think? Think we can milk this out here real quick? Oh, I, I think we can get that done in 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think we could have filled a podcast with it. But Yeah, I could, we could probably do that. I think we could fill a podcast with the top five favorite movies. That could probably be the whole, or not movies, TV show. Well, movies too, what the hell. We'll just turn this into a top five channel. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I think those would be good titles for the podcast. I really do because it would be an interesting click. But uh, let's do it. Let's just do it. We'll do a a good short and sweet version of our top five games. Um, I'll let you go first with your number five, and we'll alternate. You'll do your number five. I'll do my number five and so on. I like that. I like that structure. Sounds good. All right, so I put Portal 2 as my number five favorite mm, video game of all time because i really two. like i like portal one and two but i think i like portal two a little bit more because it's longer so you get a, a little bit better of an experience 
more story driven than the first one was. Yeah. I also really like Wheatley. He like he really sells the game. Wheatley. I'm unfamiliar with the character. Oh, have you not played Portal? The Portal I games? never got to Portal Two, so I've played Portal One oh. a couple of times, and um, I've never beaten it though. I've always I always get like fifty to fifty percent through the game, and I'll stop. And I I, I, I own both Portal One and Portal Two, but I'm I, it's the same it's the same situation with Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie. I played yeah. it multi. I've played it probably five or six times, but I've never beaten the original, so I've never been able to unlock that key to go <laughs> to the second one so it, really it's kind of a weird relationship yeah can't get into Tui. nah it's too the it's got the same problem that ukulele's got where the world's too big and there's like not a not that much stuff in it it gets kind of boring yeah I don't know. yeah freaking anyway, uh portal 2 yeah i mean that's a good choice I, I i need to play that game i really like portal 1 it's it's even better than Portal One in my opinion. That's why it's on the list. <laughs> I mean, I mean that that's phenomenal. Why won't they make a Portal Three? I uh, I don't know. Valve's making money selling other people's games. Why would they make a new one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I just can't imagine how good a modern day Portal game would or be. Another Half Life because I like Half Life almost as much as I like Portal. I like Portal a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Phenomenal pick. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and move on to my number five. All right. Which is, um, I'm going to be honest with you, I cheated. There's um, actually the two team. games in the in the place of number five for me. So it my number five is a tie between The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I knew it. I knew you were going to say Breath <laughs> of the Wild. It is a tie. I cannot choose. Zelda is my favorite game series of all time. And you'll notice that it's the only game series in this top five to have two games in the top five. So it is, uh, I guess we'll start with uh, Wind Waker. Um, Wind Waker is, it's a special game for me. A few games are like, you know, special to me. I remember the first time I played Wind Waker so vividly. I was just a little kid. I was probably six or seven years old. I remember getting it for the GameCube and exploring Outset Island for days, days. And that that should that section of the game should take an experienced player forty five minutes at max. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just didn't know what to do, and I, I remember. I gained such a connection to that island. Like, I knew every character. I, I had made just funny backstories about them in my head. And my brothers would play it with me, so we would always talk about them. And, like, and it was just, like, I remember when we got off that island, like, a week after getting the game, just legitimately, it felt, it was so sad, first of all, because we were so attached to it. And it really felt like we were setting off on just an adventure. We were like, oh my god, look how much more there is to this world. We've been so entertained by this little island for so long. And we just bullcrapped our way off of it. And <laughs> like, we got into the Forsaken Fortress and we were stuck on that for another week. But just playing it as a kid... Just I, and the music and the game itself—it is just everything. That game is everything. W what are your thoughts on Wind Waker? Uh, well, those are my two favorite Zelda games that you that you picked too. So mm -hmm. uh, I love Wind Waker. I, probably my favorite thing about it is I love the art style. Like a lot of people, phenomenal. Like 
But I love the cell shading on it. It's great. I wish they'd make more Zelda games like that. Like, what if what if we had a Breath of the Wild game, kind of, where it's like the big open world, but it had the Wind Waker graphics? I'd love it. I would love a Breath of the Wild-esque sequel with Wind Waker-style selling, but give the island oh, just actual yes. depth, unlike Wind Waker. And I'll tell you, the original Wind Waker had problems, but they were all solved by the remake. It yeah, turned that, uh, Wind Waker... for side quest. Exactly. Was such a pain in the ass, but they fixed it, so thank God. It tur- Wind Waker would not be on this list if not for the remake. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, it wouldn't be yeah. top five anyway. It'd probably be like seven or eight. Um, in the fast sailing, thank you. That was... It turned Wind Waker from a phenomenal game to a perfect game, in my opinion. Fixed every issue that it had couldn't have been better i absolutely love that remake and that game it's so special to me and uh i mean i'll play wind waker for the rest of my life there's no doubt about it i will i'll be 80 years old if i live that long and i'll be like oh let's pull out wind waker and like pull out the gamecube and play it uh be in the retirement home everybody surrounded (laughs) the tv they're all playing wind waker dude we're gonna be such awesome old men like, once we, like, lose our ability to, like, be active and walk, like, because uh, their, gener- <laughs> their, their generation of old men today, you know, they didn't, they, they, they won't even look at video games, but, like, we're just going to be chilling on the couch. We're going to have all day to play games, and, like, no one can judge us. Like, what am I going to do? Go for a jog? No. I don't think so. I'm, what am I gonna, don't work. What am I going to do? Go for, <laughs> what am I going to do? Go to work? No, I'm retired. I'm going to sit here and play through the entirety of Wind Waker once per year, at least. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm obviously not looking <laughs> forward to dying. So Yeah. Oh, man, now you got me. We're really going to yeah, have to confront while, we, while, while we're playing Wind Waker at 80. Like, man, my life is over but it's gonna be it's gonna be rough okay let's move on oh my god (laughs) (laughs) the next um game on my list was obviously i've already said it breath of the wild i cheated i know he's he's Um, a cheater it redefined the zelda series in a way that i've seen no series redefined before in a series that was becoming stagnant with the last two games in Twilight mm-hmm. Princess and Skyward Sword, they mm-hmm. reinvented the formula and made it better than the last formula, than the iconic Zelda formula. They managed to make a new formula and make it still feel organically Zelda and made it better, which is you, insane. A game where you feel like you're Zelda. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this game really makes you feel like Zelda. It is such an achievement in open world games. It changed the game. The bar was raised. There are a few games that have raised the bar in gaming. And I think two of those games are Zelda Ocarina of Time and now Zelda Breath of the Wild that have truly raised the bar and said, "Uh uh-uh, this is where the bar is. This is how an open world game should be. Take notes, Bethesda, because you're going to have to add this crap to the next Skyrim. It is phenomenal. I mean, I know you love that game. What are your thoughts oh, yeah. on it? I don't know. I think you summed it up pretty pretty nicely, put it in a nice little wrapped up package. Oh, yeah. Freaking. I like Go the ahead. graphics are nice. Uh, they, they've got a similar cell shading to them. Yeah. It's not as cute, cutesy as Wind Waker, though. I think that's why I like Wind Waker's graphics a little bit better. And, you know, Breath of the Wild has some perfor- performance issues. 
Uh, it definitely yeah. has some frame rate drops. Um, but I mean, that's not really an, an, a shot at the game and more so the hardware that it's on. Whenever we get a Breath of the Wild remake one day, which we will 10 years from now because it's such an oh, yeah. iconic game and it changed the game so much. Um, and Nintendo loves remakes. Yeah, it'll be the best game ever made. Uh, I, I think so, especially if they... I mean, there's not any flaws to that game is, is, is the real thing. There's nothing to fix. There are some people who are like, I hate the weapon degrading system. I do. It's like, shut up. No, you don't. You just think you do. I do wish do. we had some more temples though uh the the boss variety is the only thing that i would nitpick at the game the temples are the weakest part of the game 100 percent, no yeah. doubt the divine beasts that's the thing that i'm so excited about breath of the wild 2 because the fact that there is it could have been so much better at the same time as it was perfect but there's so much to improve on the divine beasts were really boring and they all were aesthetically all the same the 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 blight ganons were all were the all bosses the it wasn't really entertaining um yeah breath of the wild 2 has infinite potential because now that they don't have to focus on making an engine there goes the pop filter <laughs> now that they don't have to focus on making an engine uh, they can really focus on characters and bosses and environments. It's going to, I mean, I don't want to get my hopes up too high, but God, I mean, no, no, pretty hype. no oh, that teaser got me, got me. Oh yeah. And that teaser story-wise was better than anything in Breath of the Wild story-wise. A hundred percent. The story. Oh yeah. There's no story at all in Breath of the Wild. Part. It doesn't need it though. It really doesn't need it. And what it has no, it's about works. exploration. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's the thing. If you would have told me, hey, Austin, we're about to release a Zelda game where the dungeons are pretty weak in your eyes. You don't think they're very good. The boss fights aren't, aren't that good either. I would say, oh, God, this game's going <laughs> to suck. That's what I like about Zelda. Those are the best parts of Zelda, the dungeons and the bosses. That is Zelda. I would be like, what is this game going to be? A 2 out of 10? And then it's just, uh, actually, it's going to be a 10 out of 10. What? Like, how? (laughs) I mean, just the fact that they were able to pull that off, even with those flaws, is incredible. And the fact that a Zelda game won Game of the Year in 2018 says something in the modern gaming environment that we have. And not only did it win, it wasn't close. If it didn't win, it would have been a travesty, I I said in that year. Even as a huge Persona 5 fan, if uh, that game was nominated, even, even as a huge Odyssey fan, um, had Breath of the Wild not won, and I said that that year when it was happening, if Breath of the Wild doesn't win, there's something wrong. There's something, something up, because th- there's no game that year that was close. You mean you didn't want Call of Duty to be <laughs> It was a PUBG, actually, that was nominated alongside of it. I was actually kind of worried that PUBG was going to win it, and I was going to be PUBG's very mad. Pretty good, but it's not a game. Of it was year, like an alpha, it. like it wasn't even a full game. It was really, yeah, it was really weird. But um, it's kind of lame. So we're we're getting deep into this podcast, and now I realize that we probably should have started with this because we are definitely going over this hour mark. Ah, we'll be fine. It's not. It's it's just a guideline. It's not a yeah, not a absolutes. Only Sith stealing absolutes, my man. Uh, exactly exactly yeah. so, thank you all star wars fans out there go, love you <laughs> go ahead and give your number four all right i got two number fours like you did what that's what are you doing <laughs> we said we'd only do five 
Oh man, I'm just fucking this whole thing up. We're Shit. going over time. I picked two games in the same slot. God. Okay. They're, well, but tell your top not, six then, Noah. <laughs> they're not even. <laughs> they're not even in the same series like yours are, though. So it's just a straight up cheat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you, said, right. you said you were cheating, so I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm gonna do it." I, I brought up the idea of cheating. That is true. So my number four is actually. Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, mm. we got Ratchet and Clank. Let's freaking go with, with especially Thousand Year Door. Go ahead and tell me why those games are number four. So I think Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door was like one of my first RPGs I ever played. And that's a good one to start off with because it's amazing. And it's definitely, it takes everything from the first Paper Mario and then it ramps it up. Oh yeah, 100%. The story's better, the gameplay's more fun, and it's got the... That's the thing like about the Paper Mario series that's so great, is the gameplay's so different from any RPG that you've ever like played that I, I just love it. And the, the partners really kind of make the game stand out when you look at other RPGs, too. Oh, yeah. Because each partner has their own like unique character, and it's a fun story. It's just great. Yeah, and I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now so we can kind of put this Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door discussion into one section here. Yeah, Paper Mario The list. Thousand Year Door is my number three. So it is it is up there for me as well. It's a one spot higher than it is for you. Um, yeah. Oh my God, that game. I mean, could, the best Mario game ever, in my opinion, it has everything. I mean, you put, yeah. you put it pretty well. The world in that game, it is mm-hmm. so, I mean, just the environment's rogue port, like nothing we've ever seen in a Mario game. It's kind game. of dark and gritty exactly. compared to the other other Mario games, and the it's got an interesting sense of humor that really makes it stand out. Oh yeah, Rogueport, I mean, it's like a run-down, just beat-up town with a bunch of thugs in it, basically, and you're yeah. walking around, and uh, it's just such, it's so interesting to see Mario in that environment, and I mean, freaking uh, Hooktail's Castle, Boggly Woods, uh, Gonzala, uh, you know, God, Glitzplit, Glitzplit, yeah, Glitzplit, yeah. Uh, freaking the train, the thousand-year door oh. itself, that's I mean, my favorite chapter is the train chapter. Oh, it's so good. And then chapter four where everyone's getting turned into pigs, it has everything. And it, that world is the best world maybe Nintendo's ever made. It is so alive. And there is not a bad chapter in that game, in my opinion. Some people think, yeah. some people say the Boggly Woods chapter is bad. And I'm like, what? That is one of the coolest environments that Nintendo has ever made. It is, it is so phenomenal. It is, yes. It's like a black and white, uh, they're called the punies. Punies? Punies. Yeah. I love it. And then you get freaking, I mean, flurry in that chapter. Imagine if they did flurry today. I mean, that would not, that would not get through the ESRB. I mean, freaking, I believe Mario grabs her by the freaking boob. And when they do it, it it is very odd, but that is what's so great about that game. And as you said, the partners, Goombella, Coops, Flurry, Yoshi, whatever you wish to name him or her, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vivian, Bobbery, uh, and even Miss Mouse, if you ch- choose to go for the optional path and getting her. Yep, always do. They're all such phenomenal characters, and they really make you care about them, and they they take their time really establishing their the relationship yeah. with yeah. Mario. It makes sense that they're joining him, and 
just the story itself. I mean, the freaking final boss is insane. It is insane. Oh, uh, dude, that took me forever to beat that one. Oh, it did me too. The Shadow Queen. I mean, the fact that Peach is the final boss. What a what a twist. What a twist for the end. And Bowser's role in the game. Just, you know, kind of watching Bowser's side adventure and getting to play as Peach. Those alternate stories is, are both super interesting. Isn't that the first time you you get to play as Bowser in a Mario game ever too? I think so. And I mean, I think so. Yeah. They, they really jumped on that train for Super Paper Mario. I mean, that that yeah. was what the whole game was based on, just playing as different yeah. characters. You would think that the Peach storyline with Tech wouldn't be interesting, but that's one of the most interesting parts of the game, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It it is just so interesting to see that relationship form, and then Tech freaking dies at the end, and you're like, no, it is crazy. <laughs> It is crazy. I, can't I care about a damn computer. Yeah, for real. And I just, I can't even. It's hard to put into words how good that game is. Uh, Glitzville is my favorite chapter. It is. I didn't want to leave when I was a kid, when I was there. Yeah, that was pretty fun, too. That's probably up there. Do top, top five favorite Paper Mario chapters. Oh, I mean, we could do that. We could do that 100%. <laughs> I mean, we'll do it one day. Once, we'll, All right. yeah, we'll put it on the list. Because uh, we run out of ideas. Oh yeah, and um, it like here's the thing, right? Glitzville, it's a boss rush. That's what it oh, is. Yeah. And the totally. fact that a boss rush is the best chapter in the game for me says something about how interesting and alive and fun this world is. Solving the mystery in that chapter is just, it keeps you so engaged in little emails that you get and the mysteries you're uncovering and figuring out that the system you're in is kind of corrupt and seeing your friends get like taken away and basically beat to not to death, but beat up, beat up is really interesting. Getting the Yoshi egg. shit. Yeah. (laughs) Paper Mario game. It is everything. Thousand year door. And there's a reason we we don't just get upset because Sticker Star is bad. We get upset because we know how good it was at yeah. one point, and it and it's so sad to see what they did with that series because it was it was everything. But I mean, there's a reason that it's the one game that we both have in their top five. I yeah I I, I had a feeling that that was going to be in there on yours. Oh yeah, I just feel it. Has like, to be. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we'll have any of the same ones. I'm like. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, anything else to say on Thousand Year Door? I think we covered that one pretty well. All right. I mean, it's, it's great. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we. I think we gave it. We gave it a lot of praise. We gave it a fitting <laughs> amount of praise. Um, ten out of ten. So as as I said, uh, Thousand Year Door is my number three, but my number four was Persona Five. I mean. Ooh. Uh, it is probably the best game I've ever played. If I had to say what, because this is their top five favorite games, I'll, I'll say that. But if I ranked top five best games I've ever played, Persona 5 would probably be number one. It, it, it has absolutely everything. The gameplay is, I mean, I, here's if you're a big Persona 5 fan, because I, I, I could do a whole podcast talking about how good Persona 5 is. Um, I'd have to just sit in the corner on that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he, you should just play it, and then we can do a podcast about it. Uh, but I will. one day it'll, go, it'll come to Switch. We well, can have a PS4. No excuse. 
Yeah, and it's twenty dollars. <laughs> it's like fourteen dollars. Oh, it? Yeah, it's what? it's so cheap now. Um, but if you want to, if you're not convinced yet to buy Persona Five, I I think my video why on Nintendo fans should play Persona Five is okay. But Relax Alax made a video about Persona Five that it is perfect. He he perfectly encapsulates what's so fantastic about that game and the way that they separate the um the metaverse from re- from reality you would think that you know when you're fighting the the demons and you're in this alternate reality that, that would be the most fun part of the game but they find a way to keep you equally invested in both worlds and what you're doing in the real world has such a massive effect on what you're doing in the metaverse that it is such a perfect balance. The story in that game is a 10 out of 10 story. The best soundtrack, tied for the best soundtrack I've ever heard in a video game. It is a jam. Graphically, one of the best looking games I've ever seen. Stylistically, the best looking game I've ever seen. Best soundtrack, best style. I mean, it has it all. And I won't go into too much more detail than that right now. Um... But Relax Relax's video, if you're interesting, I highly couldn't recommend it more, honestly. And now that Joker's in Smash, there's no excuse. There's no, you gotta <laughs> learn who he is. And uh, it, it, it's so worth it. I wish it would come to Switch, but we can go ahead and move why. on. I'm looking, I'm looking at, at it at GameStop right now. I'm looking for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, on the PS4 store, it's $14 right now digitally. Oh, really? It, dude, I mean, I pro- I mean, I, if you're a Nintendo fan, I'll plug my own video here because I do think okay. that it's a I do, here we go I, again. <laughs> I do think that it's a good video, and it's one of my videos that I'm most proud of. And it was my first video I ever made, actually second video I ever posted. Oh, yeah. um, I, I made the Persona Five video, but I was so proud of it that I wanted to post a video before that to kind of establish the channel first because I didn't want to post it to nothing because I was really proud of it. And so I made Is Mario Party Back with Super Mario Party strictly as a filler video to just have a first video on the channel. I didn't imagine it would do so well but and become the meme that it is today. But (laughs) Is Mario Party Back with Super Mario Party was the second video I ever made. And for... for, uh, why on Nintendo fans should play Persona 5 was the first, actually. So chronologically, in the game-based timeline, I mean, it was fully edited, fully complete before I even started on Mario Party. So it, it's very interesting to uh, <laughs> to think back on that. But if you're a Nintendo fan and you're into Zelda, Mario, Xenoblade, Pokemon, all of that, watch that video, and I think it'll, it, it will uh, it'll help convince you, I think. But anyway, I think that's all I have to say about Persona. All right. My other one, uh, what I had two for my number four. Oh I yeah, totally skipped, I totally we skipped forgot over about Ratchet that. And yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, dude, Ratchet and Clank. Have you ever played Ratchet and Clank? I haven't. Oh, you got a PS4? Is it on? Oh wait, yeah, they released like a well, remaster or something. There's a remaster. I will say the remaster's all right, but the original's a little bit better. Oh but, yeah. Uh, I would recommend playing the remaster if you haven't played the first one. I thought about um, getting it when I first got my PS4. It's only like 15 bucks right now. I bought my PS4 and I needed to get a game with it and I was I was debating between like Uncharted 4, Ratchet and Clank, mm. Persona 5 and my brother was just like, "You'll love Persona 5. Get Persona 5." And I was like, "Okay, I'll get it. Whatever." And then I mean, I I, I didn't imagine how much 
I would love it. Uh, yeah, it's, Ratchet and Clank's like a you like 3D collectathons. I know you do. Oh yeah. So you, it's kind of like that mixed with like a beat 'em up shooter. So it's a really interesting game. It's really good. I like it. Mm-hmm. And the graphics are nice, especially if you because there's a PS3. Uh, you can get the trilogy on the P. I don't know if you have a PS3 or not. I don't. Do Damn. Yeah, I don't know how you could play the original then without the. Yeah. Guess you'd have to buy the remaster. I'm sure they're on like PlayStation Now or something, but Oh, that might be Oh, I didn't even think about that. I mean, I'm not a big streaming guy myself though I with games. Don't doesn't feel right. Yeah. It doesn't to me either, but I mean, I don't got anything to say about um Ratchet and Clank, so I mean, this is all you. All right. Uh well the the relationship between um Ratchet and Clank is hilarious. They're a great duo. That that generation of games has their a thing about their duos. We got like Banjo Kazooie and Jack and Daxter. Have you played Jack and Daxter? I haven't. Oh man. Yeah, me and Ethan. I mean, he got me into Spyro, Spyro and Spark, one of the iconic duos. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, he we always intended on getting me into all of these series. We started with Spyro, and it's now one of my favorite games ever. So. Well, Ra- Ratchet and Clank's made by the people that made Spyro too. Oh so. yeah. Dang. It's the same team. Meaning Insomniac. Might have to play it one day. Oh, dude, I would love to watch that. It's so good. Yeah. I'm, basically, the entire point of Two Guys Play Now is me and Ethan showing games to each other. Like, I'm showing him that's, Fire Ed right now. and That's what makes interesting content. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. And me and Ethan, and don't think Fire Ed is, is done. I mean, we just haven't seen each other since then. He, he is a very busy man. And so... Uh, Next time we see each other, when we, we, we've been talking about it, we're going to get back into that crap. It's going to be fun. Awesome, man. But anything else to say about Ratchet and Clank? Nope. If you like uh, 3D collectathons and you like beat-em-ups, it's an excellent game. Yeah. So, so that's what I have to say on that one. Go ahead and get into your number three because it is My your turn. Three. All right. This one is kind of a Nintendo game, but it's not because it's a spiritual successor. But a hat in time. Really? Wow. Uh, Number three. It is is really, really good. And um, it's in the same vein as ukulele, but it's how developers know what they're doing to bring old series back. The, The thing I really like about it is it's really short. Yeah. But there's a lot of content in it, even though it's really short. Yeah. I mean, I've played hat in time. Um, I got about halfway through it. And uh, oh, you got to finish it. I'm trying to get Gabe to play it more. Yeah. Too. I mean, Gabe would love that game. A hundred percent. Oh, I know he would. He, ha- he has it. F- I saw him tweeting about it. Yeah. Yeah. He played the first uh, couple missions and he hasn't picked it up since. I'm like, come on. I'll tell you, I really enjoyed a hat in time. Really, really do. I, I didn't stop playing it because I thought it was bad. I think um, something else came out and it just stole my attention from it and I never got back into it. But I'm, I'm definitely not as high on it as you are, though. I mean, that, no, that's dude. why I was like, whoa, <laughs> when you said number three, because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I loved it. I think it's a phenomenal, phenomenal successor to the old school collectathons. It did what ukulele couldn't on half the budget. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. um, but, but what about A Hat in Time, like, pushes it over the edge for you? Because, I mean, for me, well, I, I don't even know if that's a top 20 game. It's <laughs> It's based on Super Mario Sunshine, but I think it's, I actually like it better. What? You like it? Yeah. Jeez. You are high on this. So this is like, this is the first time we're like, our opinions on a game are very different. You're much higher on this game than I am. But the thing about it is, uh, 
I love that game. I love yeah. that game. It's not, I'm not like, man, I, I don't like Hat in Time. I was really disappointed by it. It blew me away. And yet you're this much higher than it on me. I mean. I, dude, I couldn't stop playing it. I When I first bought it, I just played it every day until I beat it. I didn't stop. I look forward to getting back to my dorm room from class when it came out because like, I don't give a shit about anything else. I want to play this. Wow. I mean, that is amazing. And I mean, it's such, I mean, it blew me away, like I said. The environments are akin to that of Paper Mario, just oh, in yeah. terms of how good they are. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, like you think about the the train level. Train levels in games are apparently just good automatically. That mystery, yeah, like the murder mystery, it's thing, such yeah. a good mission. And I mean, when you go to the haunted area and you have to sign the contract with that goofy devil, it's so oh. fun. And Hat Girl is such a good protagonist. She's so cute. And then all the costumes you can put on her, it is like I was a little bit, you know. I was like, ah, you know, Hat Girl seems pretty generic, but I mean, way better than Mario, 100%. She's so sarcastic. She's like, she doesn't say that much during the game, but she's got like a big presence, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mario is generic 100% compared to, to Hat Girl. Uh, I, I, mean, I love her as a protagonist, and I love the different hats you can use. I love the different abilities that they get. I love that you can buy badges. It is, yeah. I'd say... What would you say? Best? I mean, obviously you would say best indie game you ever played. Uh, yeah, I'd probably have to go with that. Uh, I, I would too. The the only other contender would be Shovel Knight, but Shovel Knight isn't even close in my opinion. Oh, even more than you like those even more than um, what was the name of that Undertale? Oh gosh, yeah. Mm, no Undertale is better than Hat in Time. Yeah, for me anyway. Yeah, but I mean, it's close, a hundred percent, and they're so hard to compare. At the same time, That's true. because Undertale and Hat in Time, they're not even remotely trying to do the same thing. Like, what Undertale does well, Hat in Time doesn't even attempt to do. And what Hat yeah, in Time no. does well, like, Hat in Time is a phenomenal platformer. Undertale is not a phenomenal platformer. So, to, yeah, compare, no. to compare them is like comparing Asinine. just, yeah, yeah, just random, just two completely unrelated things. They're both amazing in their own aspect and brought back a genre that desperately needed to be brought back. Oh, yeah. The, the, my reasons for putting it so high and why I like it so much are, one, I love the art style, very cutesy, and it reminds me, it's like a mixture of Banjo-Kazooie, Wind Waker and Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Yeah. Almost. And the f- the controls are so fluid. You feel like you have excellent control over Hat Girl. Oh, it's phenomenal. And, I agree. And anytime you die, it's your fault. I never got mad at the game. I know it's me because the controls are just so good. The customization is awesome, and especially if you're playing on PC. Now, you don't know this, or I mean, you don't. You haven't experienced this because you PS4. played it on PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. But uh, if you have the Steam version, you can download mods and all kinds of custom levels and stuff. So even after you beat the game, the game never ends because there's just countless uh, user-created stuff that's just awesome. Yeah. It is. Um, it's. It, I think it's on Switch now. Hat yeah, time. And I, I remember. It's getting a physical release uh, sometime soon, too. I'm going to buy it again on Switch. That's how much I like it. I mean, I really I too, will. I'm going to give them my money because I, I really support them and I hope they make more games. It should have been on Switch originally. That should have been the console to put it on. The fact that well, it they, wasn't on it immediately kind of baffles me. I think the reason was because they were working on the Wii U port for 
for a while and then they moved over to the switch and then they just dropped all the nintendo support at the time because i think the switch was harder to get used to to developing for on it yeah after they had the wii u devs and stuff so but yeah the second it goes on sale if i can get it for ten dollars or cheaper i'm getting it on switch and oh, oh yeah I'm, I'm also planning on getting undertale at some point i just want to have every game i like on switch that's just like a goal Dude. of mine it's like the ultimate console. It's got everything. Yeah, and I want to get Spyro too. The fact that Spyro's on Switch makes me happy. Dude, okay. Tangent. Spyro for Smash. I'm just saying it. Okay. <laughs> it's a possibility. Hey, now. hey. It's a possibility. Ooh, put it on the list. Top five hopes for Smash DLC characters. All right, I'll write it down right now while we're talking. And then you can continue on to your num- what number? My number. Are we on? Three? So it, it's going to be my number two now because Paper okay. Mario The Thousand Year Door was my number three. So oh, that's right. We've already covered that one. And number two, we're getting topical with this one because this game has recently had a remake announced, which is Xenoblade Chronicles. Oh. Yeah. Woo! What a game. What a game. I, and I'm going to keep this brief because I, I went on a 10-minute tangent on either the first or second podcast. It was the second podcast because they had just announced the remake. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I legit talked about it for 10 minutes, I think. Uh, uh, <laughs> but So, here's what I'll say. One of the best stories ever told in anything. Movies, cinema, book, video game. One of the best stories ever told, period. Um, what Tied for the best soundtrack in a video game I've ever heard. Best, I mean, might even be better than Persona 5. It is phenomenal. And I tell you, I, I told you I love a, a good world in a game, in a live world. By far, not even close, by far the best world I've ever experienced in a game. It's a game that rewards exploration with a phenomenal soundtrack and the Bionis and the Mechonis. You're living on two titans who fought millennials ago. And millennials, whatever. Uh, millennials. Mo- <laughs> millennials. Uh, freaking. And these titans, just just knowing what part of the titan you're on. When you're on the bionis leg, on the bionis knee, on the bionis foot, or, you know, just everything. Like, just knowing that this is a part of this huge titan is insane. Then you get to the top of the, the head. It's just, it is insane. The characters are so good. Dunban is one of my favorite characters in any game ever shulk is phenomenal the soundtrack's phenomenal it's the best story ever told in the most alive world i've ever played in a game what more what more do you want out of a game (laughs) true i mean come on but we're gonna keep it at that get the remake everybody i'm gonna i'm gonna do my darndest to convince noah to get that remake oh it's on my list i don't think you have to do much convincing i'm probably gonna get it even there's two like I said in the last podcast, I'll reiterate it. There's two games, <laughs> there's two JRPGs that I would recommend to people who don't like JRPGs, and that's Persona Five and Xenoblade. And they just so happen to be number two and four on this list. But anyway, let's go let's go on to your number two. My number two. Okay, so this is definitely totally nostalgia based. This game is not aged well at all. I still love it, but it's Spider Man two the ps1 Dang. not not ps2 not the the movie based spider-man game but a standalone it's an original spider-man story that they made they made it for the ps1 and n64 but 
because I was a PS2 kid when I was growing up. I got it for the PlayStation 1 because the PS1 games were cheaper, so that's what we bought. Yeah. And that's what I got. I got both of them. That was my uh, Hanukkah gift. That was my first video game experience ever. Really? For these games. So it was Hanukkah, and I got my, this big box. I remember opening it up, and it was a PS2. And then there, my parents are like, why don't you open the other box? And I opened it up, and it came with both Spider-Man 1 and 2 for the PlayStation 1. Dang. That... And you know, I, you know I slapped that shit in there real fast. <laughs> Heck like, of a gift. I, Sp- Spider-Man's my favorite superhero of all time. I was Mine obsessed too. with him when Mine I was a too. kid. So that I'll tell you what's uh, a little shocking or just a little surprising is so you don't think Spider-Man PS4 outdid it. Um, well, like I said, it's nostalgia based. So, but Spider-Man PS4 did better. Like the web swings more realistic and the story is great, but this, this just has such a special place in my heart because of, it's my first video game I ever played, and it's also my favorite superhero. So. Yeah, it's another one of those. This is our favorite games, not our best games of all time. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, dude, I, I love that game. I've played it myself. You played yeah. it? Yeah. Awesome. And I, I didn't do much. I swung around, but just swinging around in that game is everything. It is everything. I w- What'd you play? Did you play it on the N64? I, I don't know. I didn't play it on the N64. I think, like, someone I knew had it on PS1, and I uh, played it on that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I played it just, I mean, I've, and I always loved it. And when Spider-Man PS4 was coming out, I was so excited because I just oh, yeah. craved that kind of experience again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm go ahead. Oh, there hasn't been a Spider-Man game like that until Spider-Man PS4. Cause all the other ones were kind of lame. Yeah. I had Spider-Man three for like the original Xbox, but like it wasn't that good. It, I mean, yeah, I used to play that when I was a kid. Yeah. The swinging yeah. though, swinging around the road still, still felt phenomenal. It still felt yeah. phenomenal, but it, I mean, I thought it was a phenomenal game. I do think Spider-Man PS4 perfected it, but I, I also understand where you're coming from. That first gaming experience is everything. Oh yeah. And I didn't start with Spider-Man 1. I started with Spider-Man 2 for some reason. I don't know. Because it's the best movie. But that's true. Maybe that's why you did it. I don't know. I don't even know if Spider-Man 2, the movie, was out yet when I did this. Dang. So, yeah. I mean, that, that that's honestly possible. And the thing that really makes the game for me are the awesome cutscenes. Now, I don't... I don't. They didn't have cutscenes in the N64 version, but the PS1 had the sick cutscenes and it really reminded me of the the animated series from the 90s that i used to watch too yeah yeah so it was it was quite the epic game when you're like eight or six or however old i was Uh uh-huh phenomenal phenomenal game you got anything else to say about it nope i think i'm good on that one all right and so now we are at our number one games. The, the order has shifted. You know, you don't you know, know what I'm going to pick. Well, right. I think anyone who is a avid fan of the game base would know. Uh, my number Ooh. one game is Mother Three. The oh, uh, okay. what a, the the best game, the best game ever. Still to this day, the best game ever. I mean, my favorite game ever. It's certainly it's a Game Boy advanced game. So let's take a second and remember this, the, the fact that this game is on the Game Boy Advance and it is a story <laughs> that makes every single person who experiences it go into tears at multiple occasions. It is phenomenal. The gameplay is beautiful. The chapter structure is 
it it just makes the story move at such a amazing pace. The world of the Nowhere Islands is incredible. The soundtrack is incredible. The and I mean just that story. It is heartbreaking and it is such a journey. I and the and like I said, the fact that they can convey all of this on the Game Boy Advance, the console that Pokemon Fire Red was on, is insane. I will always have an attachment to that story. And the stream series I did on Mother 3 on the game base was the greatest experience that I've ever had on YouTube. I mean, just the engagement. Everyone was so engaged in it. Everyone just loved to watch it. I mean, the amount of... It was just like the amount of new people coming in and the amount of people who... My community today is made up of people who watch that stream. It, I mean, it's phenomenal. And it's so engaging, and I was so flattered that people wanted to watch me play it, and that I was able to help to get some people to experience it for the first time. It, I mean, it's worth it. It, it was never released in the U.S., and that's one of the biggest tragedies in gaming history. But the English translation that you can download is perfect. It, there is no excuse not to pay it play it you don't have to pay money for it if you like earthbound even remotely it outdoes earthbound in every single way i'm flabbergasted when i hear people say earthbound is better than mother three the the only people who say that have never played mother three legitimately i've never met someone who's played both who says earthbound is better i mean and that is one of the most beloved games of all time and it dwarfs it it destroys it i love earthbound but it's not even close. It is not even close. You, you've never experienced Mother 3? Nope. Well, I actually, I've played the first chapter. How good is that first chapter, though? I really like the game. I don't know why I quit playing it. I don't really like playing on emulators. It kind of makes me feel out of the... If that makes sense, I don't really... I get bored easier on the emulator, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's Nintendo's fault for never releasing it to the U.S., and uh, I don't think it'll ever get released to the U.S. I I used to have a ton of hope for it, but just the way the Majipsies kind of portray a transgender character in that game uh, wouldn't look good today, and so Hmm. I think that is a very big reason as to why Nintendo is afraid of releasing it. But a big thing... I mean, they could change it a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, and there's a they lot of derogatory... You know, there, I mean, the game, it, it cusses a lot. I mean, I don't know if Nintendo would like that. They could they could tone it down, I guess, and make, instead of, you know, saying a cuss word, just being like, oh, gosh dang it. But, you know... Yeah, they could just bleep it out with the little... Yeah, the beep. Yeah. Symbols, yeah. But, I don't know. I, that would kind of take away from the game for me. I don't even... I mean, I'm cool with it never getting released at this point. The only reason I would want it to be would be because I would want more people to experience it because it is yeah. one of the best games they've ever made. But it it's worth it. If you've never played Mother 3, I mean, play it. If you even remotely like games like that, it is the best I've ever played. And, it, and it, it, that story... See, I always say these stories are phenomenal. Xenoblade's phenomenal. Persona 5's phenomenal, specifically. I've, I've talked about in these podcasts. None of those st- stories have even made me come close to tears. Mother 3 has brought on tears on my sixth playthrough. I still 
had the tears. I had been preparing for it the whole playthrough. And when we got to the end of that game in the stream series, everyone was in tears. And most people had seen it before. And it was just like, it, it, it just shows how phenomenal that, that story is. Love Mother 3. My favorite game of all time, even though, you know, it's aged a little bit as a Game Boy Advance game, it holds that place in my heart. Yeah, I don't think anything can ever get rid of that, Yeah, I, even if it's, no matter how old it gets. <laughs> yeah, and so that's all I have to say about Mother 3. So go ahead and give me your number one. I don't really have that much to say about my number one because... I talk about it so much. You <laughs> could find it anywhere. People are probably tired of hearing it's about like it. It's like the Xenoblade. Like we talked about yeah. it how much last podcast. <laughs> I know. Uh, my number one is Luigi's Mansion for the GameCube. Such Nothing. a phenomenal game. Beating it so many times. I, I never get bored of it. I could just keep playing it. I could play it on a loop for the rest of my life and I'd probably be fine. Yeah, it, it has everything. And it's like it's the same thing with Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. The, the, the reason that we're so critical of Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon and Luigi's Mansion 3 aren't because the they're horrible were games. So damn good. It's because we know yeah. how good it can be. And it can be that good to be Noah's number one. That's right. So uh, give me a brief, just what's special about this game? I know we've talked, of, well, talked it to death, but we got to say something. It's number one. The atmosphere is fantastic. The art style looks like a Tim Burton claymation almost, which is something I always love about Nintendo games. They have like a special look to them that you just can't replicate. Uh, the, the ghosts, the portrait ghosts, each one's unique and special. And it's kind of a puzzle to figure out how to capture them, which makes it fun and exciting. And the mansion's just fun to explore. There's no, uh, mission based <coughs> dark moon <laughs> stuff. So you can just freely roam throughout the mansion until your heart's content. Yeah. The Metroidvania style of it is phenomenal. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you the, the main thing. And one of the main things that separates it from, um, the newer games is, it is legitimately scary. It is a like it is a legitimately oh. scary game, and it it is freaky. It yeah, scared me kid. as a kid. And if your horror game doesn't scare a six year old kid, it's not doing it's, not its job. <laughs> and now the 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 game, you know, there it's minion humor. Oh, they threw a pie in Luigi's face. Oh, oh, oh he's so. Oh no, they they jumped up and stuck their tongue out. Look how scared he is. That the old game wasn't like that. It was yeah. legitimate. This ghost is about to kill Luigi. It's like no, you know, it was it was just such a, a phenomenal atmosphere. Do Do you have a favorite portrait ghost from the first one? I like Chauncey the baby. Just that uh, that um. It always just, uh, I remember the first time I got to that, how scared I was. Now, <laughs> eh, eh, when it's crying and it like just. Yeah, it's pretty freaky. And you're in this giant crib and like it's just such a distorted world and you're just like, what is happening? Because like nothing like that has happened yet up to that point yeah. in the game. And it is so scary. And I remember being so scared by that baby. And I, I every time I go back to it, it's such a fun boss fight. It's so creative oh, yeah. and just just everything about it, how that little baby turns into such a horrifying monster. It is <laughs> yeah. beautiful. It, what about you? What's your favorite portrait ghost? I think I'd have to go with Bogmire. Bogmire. Uh, is that the guy he, that you follow in the hallway into the, uh, that you light his fire and he appears? Or am I thinking of someone no, else? I don't remember his name. No, Bogmire is the one. He's a boss. He's the one in the graveyard. 
Oh, yeah. The shadow. Yeah, yeah, that's a crazy fight. That is a crazy yeah. fight. That's a, such a create another super creative fight. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah, all the boss fights are awesome. That's the greatest thing about that game. We always talk about, and I think we agree on this, envi- the world and character are what we look for in games. And that world and the characters that are the portrait ghosts make the game. And that's why... Nothing like it. The, the new Luigi's Mansion games, not having portrait ghosts is a tragedy because that was Luigi's Mansion. That's like saying Mario can't jump in the next Mario game. It's like, you know, <laughs> they take away the aspect of the game that created the game itself. It, it, it is crazy to me. And they have portrait ghosts and Luigi's Mansion 3, they said, but they're stupid minion-style horrible designed looking ghosts. They don't look like humans I'm, like the original. I'm still holding out hope, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I, I, I'm well. confident in what I'm saying about this game. It will be Dark Moon. It'll be slightly better than Dark Moon. It'll be the color oh, splash to that, Dark Moon sticker star. Oh, no. So, I mean, that's not... I, I hope... I would... Ne- I, I have never wanted to be more wrong about anything than I want to be about this, but I just... I, nothing I've seen has has proven me otherwise that's fair but anyway i mean we got we gave this podcast an extra 30 minutes like i said yeah. that could have been the whole podcast we <laughs> we tried to make it brief as well but we 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 got it in the top five games of all time it was a fun podcast but i i, yeah. I think we got lots of variety i think oh yeah that's good it, it is time to end it you got anything else to say before we sign off no, I enjoyed that, and I think that was a really nice one, and I hope you all enjoyed it as well. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs>